0: This week, on the very first episode of EDC Unlocked, Raven the Pirate, sharing his story and what he loves about the EDC community. I can't say enough good things about this community. Come for the gear and stay for the people. (laughs) Whilst answering some of your most impossible questions. If you could own only one knife for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Don't do that to me.
0: Hey guys, we came up with the idea for EDC Unlocked because we felt there wasn't anything out there that gave the EDC community the opportunity to hear the stories behind big names and brands in the space whilst also giving them the chance to ask the questions that they've always wanted to ask. For now, this is a limited mini-series, but if you guys want more, then we would love to come back with another series. And so if you do genuinely like the show, then please follow, subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a short review. This 20 seconds of your time really makes such a huge difference and we'd really appreciate it. Okay, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome to EDC Unlocked by Home and Hadfield. Today, I'm really happy and excited to have someone on the show that's kind of been guiding us, advising us, and being just our general ally with the EDC community from the very beginning. Samson Tran, aka Raven the Pirate. How are you doing, man? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. No worries. We couldn't not have you on with the kind of amount you have helped us throughout that time, like, I and mean, you've pretty much been with us from the start, really. And from the the number of like annoying little detail questions we've asked you about products and first samples that we've sent you to kind of get your approval on. You're an honorary Home Hadfield team member. Would you think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I'm super flattered and honored to be part of all of this. Really, and uh, yeah, it's super fun watching you grow and watch
0: your products evolve and yeah i'm super flattered to be part of that thank you, you so I mean? thank you for that the feeling is mutual it's actually quite interesting i i think i remember when we first started speaking to you your instagram account it was definitely popular and you had great engagement but i think it was just it was just starting to gain some real momentum and that was toward the end of 2020 beginning of 2021 am i, I right so, yeah yeah that might be a yeah. Well what would be good we've got loads of questions from people. Some quite funny, some quite detailed. But I would just like to understand the little I mean we haven't actually properly discussed this before, but like what point did you decide to start an Instagram and was it with the aim of like, I kind of want to grow this. I want to have a community. Was it just, I just want to start showcasing what I can do. Why did you actually start that? And what were you doing beforehand? Could you take us through that, that story kind of, of how you got into it all? Sure.
1: So I've, I've been doing photography for almost a decade, but nothing professional. It's mostly shooting. So it's, During my time in university, so I was just making some extra money on the side, shooting events and nightclubs and concerts and all that kind of stuff and a little bit of portrait on the side. But I've always been interested in the art of photography in itself. And I started with retouching other people's photos before I even owned my own camera. And that goes back 20 years ago, maybe. So I've always been dabbling in that field. But then in 2017, when my first son was born, then that hobby got pushed to the side a little bit. And then it's I had my full-time job and a new family and I just moved places. And so, yeah, photography was on a sideburn a little bit. But then I realized that there wasn't anything that was that I was doing for myself. Mm. And so I started picking up photography again. But then obviously... With family and all that kind of stuff, you don't go out as much and you don't get the chance to shoot events and concerts concert as much. So I tried to do something else, something I haven't done before, which was product photography. Because I thought, okay, I've shot so many different things and products has never been one of them. So I started that. And I started Instagram basically just to keep myself accountable and to have a place where I can put my work not even with the goal for people to see it, but just having a place for my stuff to live on. So that kind of took off by itself. So it was never my intention to grow uh, an Instagram community or brand or anything like that. It's just, yeah, it's a place for my hobby to live on. And then because I wanted to stay accountable for that, then I started posting regularly and shooting regularly. And then... People started following
0: and, yeah, it all started from there. And where did you get the name Raven the Pirate come from? It was one that was available. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So um,
1: the Raven is kind of an inside joke between my brother and I. Okay. Because in Germany there's a saying for really bad parents. It literally translates to Raven parents. (laughs) And I was kind of the black sheep in the family, the first one getting tattooed and pierced and started drinking, going to concerts and all that kind of stuff. And so my brother jokingly started calling me the Raven son or the Raven boy. And so the nickname, the Raven has always been with me. And I got my logo basically tattooed on my ribcage for, I don't know how long now. And so I always wanted something with the Raven in, in the name. But the Raven was already taken, Sam the Raven was taken, so I went through all the Raven combinations and ended up with Raven the Pirate, because I kind of like pirates, kind of like everything outlaw related really, and uh, that was the one I, I stuck with.
0: Sa- sounds like you were the fun brother to me. Like you're, you're sounds like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're the brother that I would yeah. want to hang out. but maybe that says that yeah. I'm, I was probably the black sheep in my family too. So yeah, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Probably yeah. not when you ask my parents, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe we'll, we'll get them on on a second episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. follow-up episode. <laughs> out of interest, what did you do for a job? Like, what was your full time job? And are you? Because I know, obviously, we work with you with photography. You're easily one of our go to people that we use for photography and always will be are you kind of doing that kind of full-time now are you still doing your old job or like what's the situation there
1: no so photography is now my full-time job I transitioned last year almost exactly a year ago March 2022 and I've been a mechanical engineer or I am a mechanical engineer by trade and I've worked for a company that designs and builds test means for mostly the automotive and aerospace company So something completely different. But yeah, then, as I said, this photography thing that I was doing on the side as a hobby, it started to grow by itself, basically. And um, it has reached a point where I was able to make the decision. If I wanted to stay in a job that recently hasn't made me that happy anymore, Mm. with all the change in the climate of the industry, or dip my toes into self-employment and see if I can make it happen. And I didn't want to look back in a couple of decades and then say, oh, I wish I've tried that. Or I wonder what would have happened had I tried that. Mm. So I just took the leap and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but well, so far, it, it worked out great. Well, we're certainly glad you did it for sure. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you, you wouldn't have had all that time to, to do all the shit yeah. you've done for us. But a lot of people have actually been asking about What's your advice to to people who just want to get started? And I think your story is a great example of really not expecting everything to happen like straight away. You've had to be in like, you've had a job and we've had to do the same with Home and Hadfield. We had to start it when we still kind of had our old jobs and we just had to do it like consistently, show up every day with the hope that we're working Well, I guess with the belief and confidence that we're working on something that will eventually let us leave our jobs and do it full time. And if you look at what you started in 2017, I know you didn't have that goal at the beginning. But if you look at it, that's still quite a long time to be consistent and stick with it. I think maybe people aren't maybe willing to do the hard yard sometimes. And so you you do need to be able to kind of. Uh, just stick with it really so what would be your advice to someone yeah in that situation wanting to start but then also maybe wanting to do it particularly within the edc space as well because obviously you know that's really interesting you get to combine both your hobbies which must be amazing what would be your advice to them
1: probably as you said it's just being consistent and not giving up too early because people nowadays expect instant Reward instant feedback because we live in a world where everything is instant, right? You get messages at any given time and feedback and likes and follows and whatnot. So people start posting their photos, and even after being consistent for a couple of months, they expect blowing up or at least getting some kind of overwhelming feedback, but it doesn't happen like that. And as I said, I started in 2017 actually i think i created my instagram account in 2019 i had a different account back then Mm -hmm. and which also didn't take off but again it wasn't something i wanted to take off anyway so just keep at it and try to be a little bit different because nowadays you get flooded by media honestly whether it be photos or videos and there are so many Good people out there, and so many talented people that the bar has been raised so much mm. that it's really hard to stick out. And you got to imagine that people are scrolling through their Instagram feeds and they probably got a fraction of a second to look like your photo. And it might be a top notch photo, perfectly executed, but it doesn't stand out from the sea of other perfectly executed photos. So you got to find ways to get the attention or make yourself. Noticeable. So when I started, the EDC world was mostly hand dumps or people just laying their stuff on their table, taking a quick shot, because it was all about the gear itself, right? Mm-hmm. And people just wanted to show what they have on them or what they just newly acquired. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I really enjoy these genuine kind of candid images. But I come from a background where I was doing portraits and concert photography and all this concept photoshop stuff so that was naturally the first thing i did with my edc photography and back then nobody else really did that and so i think these kind of images were the first that kind of popped off and got me the attention especially in all this photoshop work right where i take apart a knife and have it float with all the different parts and yeah and then more and more people started doing that. And then I started looking around, okay, what else can I do? So now that so many people do Photoshop and probably better than I can, then what else can I do? Then I just started taking flat lace. And then when people did flat lace and then I started making them even wider. And now I got kind of known for these very wide flat lace where I can lay in the middle and have stuff scattered around me. So I was always looking for new stuff. First of all, not to make it boring for myself because I get bored pretty easily by my own stuff. And uh, it helps to keep things fresh, to keep things fun. It makes it easier for you to stay consistent because once you get bored with stuff, you don't really want to do it anymore. And it also helps to stand out from other people. So that would probably be my advice. Stay consistent and try to find stuff that separates you from everybody else. And ideally something that you enjoy doing. And then the rest should come by
0: itself. What I've noticed about you, I feel like you've like transitioned into the, the short form video content pretty well as well. Like, you know, the reels, that kind of stuff and actually got yourself out in front of the camera, uh, which, I know it's like really difficult to do for some people, but I we've seen it on our Instagram. It's like the engagement that you get if you're if you're just posting still shots these days is just uh, you know terrible. So how have you found that going from someone who is pure photography to trying to come up with short form video content that's actually still true to yourself and your brand?
1: Mm. Video was nothing new for me. I've done concert videos and uh, event videos. Not that kind of short form video because that wasn't around back then, but um, a minute long videos of a weekend of of a festival, for example. So I've done video before. And I think that this short form video format is pretty fun, actually. I just wanted to try it to see how I can utilize it for myself. And I didn't want to do what everything else was doing, dancing in front of a TikTok video or stuff like that. That would be weird. Um, So I use it as an outlet to show the other side of my work, right? Because if you look at my main photography grid, it's very dark and moody, very serious. And I mean, the EC world by itself is already very, very serious, masculine, testosterone-fueled very manly stuff. And um, I want to break with that and show the other side of that, mm. the family, dad guy with daily errands and a little bit more lighthearted stuff. And yeah, I tried to do a couple of those and I really enjoyed making them. So I just kept making them.
0: Yeah. No, I, I personally love them. It's like, you know, get to your personality across more i guess than than the amazing photography so yeah keep keep that coming thanks man what do you what do you love most about the edc community and when did you actually realize it was like a thing and there were so many other people out there that were like you that were into edc
1: so as i mentioned before i started with a different instagram account where i posted portraits and nature stuff photos from my trips on vacations and all that kind of stuff. And what I realized was there were people commenting and saying, hey, cool photo, whatever, but there wasn't really the sense of community. And when I started shooting EGC stuff or generally products, um, that's when I started this account. And immediately I saw people commenting, hey, that's awesome. I got this and I got that. Hey, do you mind sharing where you got that from? And then we engaged in the DMs. And it was pretty soon when I realized that There was a community in the first place. And when I got deeper into EDC, then people started suggesting other brands or, hey, you should check this out. You should check that out. Or, hey, I have this and if you want to try it, I can send it to you, no problem. And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. And yeah, so there's a really tight-knit community, whether it's people that just enjoy the same hobby or have the same taste in things but then later on, when I started working with brands, I realized that brands and makers and even big brands, they're super approachable. You can just message them and 80% or 90% of the time you get a message back. and Or even popular makers that you think are way up there, they just engage under your photo and comment under your content. It's It blew my mind, honestly, the first couple of times. And it's I can't say enough good things about this community and the people in it. And it's honestly what made me stick around for that long. If it was just about the products and having cool gear, I mean, that's, that's nice, but it's probably not as fun in the long run. So yeah, yeah. as they say, you come for the gear and stay for the people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with everything. Everything you've said there. I think the the EDC community um, and when you when you are a product based business, and obviously there are situations where we mess up, having a community that's like patient and understanding and nice is like is actually really refreshing and and really good for a brand like us.
1: Yeah, and I mean you basically build your own community, right, with your Facebook group, and you always got these questionnaires and. You engage with your community very well, and I respect you so much for that, because everything that people have criticized about your products, you basically listen to that feedback and implemented it in the next product or in the next iteration of the product. And that's something that you don't always see, and that makes you appreciate it so much more.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're always trying to get better if, if we can. Um, so I want to jump into the questions from the audience now. There's there's some about photography, some about EDC. I might drop in and out of the, the two subjects. Sure. So photography, do you pick your gear based on what will photograph well or do you pick according to your taste? Always taste first. So it's
1: always what I like. So when you see stuff on my Instagram feed, you'll know that that's 100% something I'm personally into. I would never photograph or show anything that I don't like or that I think it just looks good, but I have no reason to to own it or no interest in it whatsoever. So it's always taste first, and then I'll find a way to make it look good, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and in general, you would like to think that if it's taste first, then it should look good as well, because hopefully your taste is something that looks good. Exactly. And I mean,
1: <laughs> at least to me, it looks good. Maybe <laughs> other people don't necessarily agree, but yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so someone said, in your meteoric rise to stardom, uh, what do you consider the thing that makes you unique in the growing field of everyday carry enthusiasts? I don't know about meteoric rise, <laughs> but <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I think, as I mentioned, I think it's finding ways to stand out. And I think so far I've done a decent job of finding ways to, to stand out, whether it's implementing Photoshop composites or finding new angles to shoot from or yeah, whatever that might be, or short form video funny reels and skits yeah that might be due to the fact that i get bored very easily with the stuff that i do and so i mostly start looking for new stuff mostly for myself first and then when i see that people like it then i'll stick around with that for a while until i get bored again and try something else
0: (laughs) someone actually asked this but i always wondered like how much stuff Do you need to actually, because you work with a lot of brands, you know, like ourselves these days, how much stuff do you actually have to end up buying these days? Do you get a lot of it sent to you or do you still have to buy a decent chunk of it yourself?
1: i say it's a little bit of both. I mean, I won't, it's not a secret. I do get stuff sent from brands and brands reach out and ask, Hey, can I send you this and send you that? And a lot of the times I actually say no, thank you because taste comes first, right? And I don't want people to go out of the way to make stuff and send stuff to me that won't get used or will end up on the shelf anyway. So I would feel bad. And I mean, it's other people's work. They put so much effort and time into it. And I don't want to take advantage of that. And um, I still buy a lot of stuff myself, mostly the higher priced stuff. So all my 500 plus knives are, I basically still buy them all by myself because i like them Mm -hmm. i mean i i'm an enthusiast first and everything else comes second and when i work with brands and they send me stuff then that's great and it always works out because i only work with brands that i personally like yeah so let's say it's i couldn't even put a percentage on that but i still buy a big chunk of stuff myself
0: Well, I guess with brands, when they approach you, it's almost like you've got a bit, you're more like opportunistic if they they come and say, oh, we've got this. And you're like, oh, that looks good. Whereas if you like see something on Instagram or online, you're like, I want that. You're not going to, oh, well, I'm going to have to wait till a brand approaches me. Particularly if you get bored, if you get bored quickly, you're like, no, I want this now. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. And
1: uh, one thing I'm very proud of, actually, is I have never reached out to a brand to ask for free stuff. When I like something, I go out and buy it first because I just like it and I want to have it and want to use it. And then maybe afterwards, the brand might approach me. They might not. Or sometimes they say, hey, we like what you're doing with our stuff. Can we send you something else? Or would you be interested in working with us or doing a shoot for us or whatever? And um, yeah, I think it's if you like something, then it's a good way to, to support them and not take advantage of them.
0: Yeah, that's actually almost one of the biggest ways we've worked with people. They've bought our stuff and then we've gone, holy shit, someone's put someone like amazing, amazingly talented person is posting stuff of our products." So we like immediately contact them and see what else they would like to work with us on. I actually always say that to people, if if you're interested in working with us and you maybe don't have much of a following, but you are quite talented, then, you know, just post stuff of our products and we'll probably work with you. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome.
1: I, I always find it weird when, or not weird, but um, it loses a little bit of magic when people just send out free stuff to everyone. Mm. And maybe it's the collector part of me, the, the EDC enthusiast that wants something that's, that feels special. And um, it doesn't feel as special anymore when you get flooded by it or when... Everyone can reach out and say, Hey, I want that. Can I get a free sample? And I say, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean it's nothing wrong with it, I guess, but it's just uh Yeah, it's just the way I've chose to to do things.
0: No, no, you you're right. We made that mistake on a, a couple of one launch in particular, just not having done this before and we just got a lot of feedback saying you shouldn't do that <laughs> so uh, we've been a little bit more selective uh, in future and i think that's yeah that's better for for everyone really um i need to move on because there's quite a lot we've got here and um, why no. is your this might take you a while but what is your favorite edc item and why that won't take me as long as at all. Okay, I I
1: can't possibly choose. It's it's like forcing <laughs> me to, to pick my favorite child. It's not possible.
0: I can't do it. Don't ask me that. Sir. Okay, okay. We'll we'll move we'll move on. Um, um, let's go back to photography. Actually, um, what is your photography workflow? Mm, it heavily depends on what kind of image I'm shooting
1: because my work differs so much. Sometimes it's a lifestyle shot, which is. To shoot it, it's one of the more easier shots because it basically point a uh, point camera at it and press the shutter button. But then, um, generally, it starts with pre-production. So I have an image in my head and I'm sourcing all the stuff I need to to make it happen, right? So for for lifestyle shots, for example, I'm thinking of locations I can shoot in, or angles I can shoot from, or when it's a more product. Focused image then i'm thinking of props i can use or what setting i will build or maybe that's a setting that i can just use as is or if there's nothing like that then i'll have to build a setting myself and then i have to think about what kind of props i use what kind of lighting will look good and i do that all ahead of time so when it comes to actually shoot it then i just have to execute it um then uh once I build the scene or once I find the scene, it's only tweaking from there on. So moving the light around a little bit to, to find the sweet spot and take the shot from there. And then afterwards, it's general post-production, getting the feel right, getting the colors right. Hopefully the composition is right in camera. But if not, then I can recrop it and look for a crop that works well. And then that's generally my workflow Photoshop compositions are a little bit different because instead of sourcing locations or props, I have to source images that I can work with. And that's always the the most difficult part because with Photoshop compositions, everything has to match from the style, from the angle, from the perspective. And uh, yeah, so that takes a lot of time.
0: God, I, I would be the worst photographer ever. Uh, just to listen to you to talk through that. But I think one, I wouldn't have the patience, and I just don't think I've got that that uh, eye for detail. Um, and I think you've already said it. You're self-taught, right? You haven't had any actual. Have you ever taken any sort of course at all, or is it all just learning by experience?
1: I mean, if you count YouTube tutorials as classes, then yeah, I have a lot actually. But no, I have not. I don't have any classical type of training in that sense so i just consumed every single youtube tutorial on cameras and lighting and editing and all that kind of stuff that i can uh, get my hands on and then it's just shooting a ton of stuff actually mm-hmm. that's the advice i always give to other people when they ask how can i improve or how can i get into photography is just shoot everything and anything so Shooting in nightclubs and events taught me how to use or how to work in low light conditions, for example, or with moving objects, how to get that done. And then shooting products has taught me how to set up a scene, or that scene styling and using constant lights and just experiment with different stuff. And things have gotten so approachable these days, you can get a killer photography set up for a couple hundred bucks. So, yeah, just experiment a lot and try different things.
0: I imagine to do things at that volume and, I guess, suck at it a lot because you will at the beginning, I guess. You've got to love the process, right? You've got to love the actual love photography. Um, Was it that love of photography, like kind of the love of the process? uh, Did that really help you get through that kind of beginning phase when you're very much a novice and you don't really know what you're doing? Oh, one hundred percent!
1: It's always the process that's that fascinated me most, more than the the result. I mean, uh, the result is what I wanted to get to eventually, but I love the process so much, and especially because you get instant feedback, right? So when you take an, an image and you change the light just a little bit, you instantly see what it changed and how the image changes or how the field changes, and I always like that and experimenting with things and even tutorials are great for that because you can just follow them step by step and then you got the final product right there and nowadays you can find a tutorial on everything on the internet and that makes the whole process a lot of fun and i've never set out to say okay i want to take that picture and i want to take it now it's more like okay i want to learn how to use lighting for example or i want to learn how aperture works on a camera and then seeing how that works and utilizing it and finding ways to make it work that's always been the main thing that has fascinated me
0: what are some of your favorite edc tools that aren't knives um (laughs) probably coins uh, because they're
1: that's the the whole collector aspect to it right Mm -hmm. and um then I think coins are a great way to support a maker or brand without actually having to buy the main product. So instead of buying a $600 knife that you can't get your hands on because they don't drop as regularly, for example, you could get a coin and use that. Or I see coins more as a token of support or a token of friendship and something that's fun to collect.
0: (laughs) Mm, okay cool um is there anything i like because obviously knives make up a large part of your collection like are you into like pens and different actual tools like you know the stuff that uh, big idea design do i know you're a yeah. fan of those guys does that make it into your rotation
1: oh 100 i love pocket tools because maybe it's the mechanical engineer background from me but I love to see how people come up with that stuff and finding new ways, finding new ideas and seeing how they execute them, how they're machined. And I'm fascinated by all that stuff. So it's whether it's pocket tools, pry bars, screwdrivers and pens. I love all that stuff. Maybe a little bit too much. But yeah.
0: <laughs> well, actually someone's asked a question. How do you get your wife not to kill you one day while you sleep or in the best cases to divorce you? <laughs>
1: I have no idea. I just, <laughs> I'm just happy to wake up alive. <laughs> no, is, she's she's super supportive. As long as we don't, I think she said to me once that uh, as long as we don't have to live under a bridge, it's all good. Well,
0: I saw it. She was in one of your TikToks once, right? And not yeah, we used to do a lot of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, we used to do a lot of them. Then work and time in general has made it more difficult to to do them together. But yeah she enjoys being in them and she even sometimes comes up with with her own ideas and it's fun.
0: Nice. Nice. Don't let go of that one. Uh... (laughs) Um, What, in terms of knife brands, what is your go-to if they're releasing something I'm all in?
1: There are a couple actually, but probably Vero engineering.
0: Okay.
1: Because I consider Joseph the, the designer and, person behind the brand a good friend of mine so there's that and i also like his design language a lot it's modern clean but super super utilitarian and um it's just a good good person and i like his branding like his designs and uh, the quality of his knives are top notch and yeah that's probably the one brand where i have almost every single release and we'll probably have every future release.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. What would you say? Is there a under the radar, underrated knife brand that maybe you don't see much, but like you you admire them and they've maybe been doing a job but un- unappreciated?
1: appreciated? Mm, always depends on what you mean with under the radar, because there are so many small makers that aren't mainstream in that sense. Yeah. So they're not Benchmade or spider co or anything like that, but they produce killer, c- killer stuff. And in the community, they're very popular. For example, Oz Machine Company, mm-hmm. they're based in the US. I don't exactly know where they are, but the Roosevelt from them is probably the grail knife for a lot of knife guys. And they drop weekly and it's super difficult to get your hands on them. And they're still 800 bucks or something like that, or 700. Yeah, so if you're in the community, they're not, uh, so they're very popular. So being under the radar is a little bit um, not do them justice. But yeah, there are a lot of small makers like that. But then also brands like Daily Knives, which is basically Daily Customs, the guys that do titanium scales for Swiss Army knives, they're making their own. Knives, or oh, they're having the the AK1 is the, the fixed plate that they have been producing with Boker, and they're now making all their stuff in house. and The quality is insane, so yeah, they're definitely underappreciated.
0: Awesome. What would you, um, giving someone advice to who maybe doesn't have a lot of money but who's looking to start their EDC gear collection and just wants to almost get their first, gets their foot in the door almost? What would you say is like a good item and brand for them to kind of to start with? Maybe you, you mentioned a coin earlier because it's not as expensive. Something like that. Maybe I don't know. What would be your advice to them? I
1: would say keep your eyes open in the community because there are so many brands out there, so many makers that make stuff at a very affordable price range, and even bigger brands like CRKT or CVV, or um, they even have a, a budget version of CVV, which is a budget branch in, a, in and of itself already so there's there are a ton of knives that you can get for sub 50 dollars or sub 30 even and the quality is decent so that you there's all that's all the usable stuff it's the bar has been raised so much in the recent years and even pens you can get the parker pen or a zebra for a couple bucks and I mean, it doesn't always have to be the high end stuff. You can probably get a complete EDC carry with pen, and knife, pouch, pry bar, and a little multi tool for sub seventy bucks, probably. And you don't always have to have everything. I mean, nobody forces you to have a multi tool if you don't have to use, if you have no use for it, right? Get something that works for you and work within the, the budget range that you're given. And there's always something available.
0: Great advice. I actually just uh, a thought came to me then because Ian and I admittedly, we didn't actually know about EDC as a community. We didn't know. It was such a big th- thing because, you know, we're based in the UK, Europe. It's not as much of a big thing, but obviously you're in you're in Germany. Um, what's the scene like there? What's the community like there? Is it growing? Um, it must have been almost like a unique thing to get into in Germany. Correct me if I'm wrong. Compared to being you know in America or maybe Canada,
1: definitely a little bit harder to get your hands on stuff because most of the things come from the US. But with Instagram and Facebook you have access to everything around the world, right? So you're not limited to the country you live in. I mean, you're limited by the laws that restrict you from owning or carrying stuff. But if you work within your laws, and you can get everything from around the world. And I was, I was always more drawn towards the brands and makers from the U.S. for some reason, which makes it a little bit harder and a lot more expensive to get the stuff because you have to ship it here and then there's customs and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the community is definitely there here in Germany and Europe, and it's, it's growing very fast. And there are shops that incorporate international brands and get all the exclusive stuff that were only available in the States or from wherever, South Africa, Australia or whatever, and get them into the country. So it makes it very, very easy to get your hands on things. And that makes it makes the community grow so much faster. And we definitely have a strong community in in Germany and Europe in general, I would say. Mm. In size, probably not comparable to what's going on in the US, but we're getting there.
0: Yeah, no, no, I love it. Um, What would you say is your most nostalgic piece of EDC gear?
1: Most nostalgic?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Probably my second knife that I bought for myself. Because the first one was a a very small knife, a CRKT squid that I kept in my pouch. and was more more a pouch knife than anything else. But the second knife was the real first big boy knife that I carried in the pockets all the time, which was a Boker Kihon. And that's a Lucas Burnley design. And uh, Lucas was one of the first makers that I heard of from the community. And he's probably... One of the reasons I got into knives, and so the on being his designs and one of my first knives, and now I consider Lucas a good friend of mine, and we've worked together, we've met a couple times and had drinks. And I so, say, yeah, that's, there's a lot of memories and stories behind the knife, and it always marks a certain point in my life where I went down all this knife and EDC rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> that was a good answer. Um, what would you suggest for someone? I think you've already said it, but someone's asked about what's the best way to grow your Instagram following. I think you've kind of already, already said it there's, and there's no quick fix, is there? No, I
1: guess not. I mean, nobody really knows how to grow it. If anybody knows, then please hit me up, but no, we're just trying and figure things out as we go. Yeah. And, uh, some things work, some things don't, I don't expect things to happen overnight. And, uh, don't expect to find the magic pill that fixes all your problems. Just keep at it, stay consistent and try to find things that work for you and double down on deals.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, and if someone is sending you a quick fix, run away because it won't work. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, i got some quick fire questions to end the podcast. Uh, sure. So if you could own a... Only one knife for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> this isn't oh, God. Quick crier, is it? Don't do that to me. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, maybe uh, Chris Reeve and Cozy. Okay, okay. Um, what's your ultimate grail knife? I don't have one actually. Okay. There
1: are always a couple that I want to chase, but then once I got them, there's always the next one.
0: Okay. Um team titanium or team brass? Titanium, all day, every day. Okay. If you had to rename your brand Raven the, what would you pick? i would probably just leave it at the Raven. Okay. Honestly okay. just leave the rest out. <laughs> okay, cool. And um what's in your pockets right now? Nothing. Nothing. Because I, I've emptied yeah, all my pockets and everything's me. laying in front of me what, on the desk. What would be what, what would be in your pockets if you just before you sat down? What have we got? That's
1: okay. Protec Malibu in all black. Nice. That's the one I got on on me today. Cool. And then uh, just my phone and uh, wallet. Nice. That's it. I usually stay pretty minimal when it comes to my carry.
0: Yeah. Actually, I asked this uh, on a separate podcast, but it was asked by someone kind of across the podcast. So I'd, I'd ask you as well. What do you see, how do you see the EDC space in the next, in the future? Like they said 5, 10, 25 years, but like, what do mm-hmm. you see potentially changing? What do you see? Yeah. How do you see it changing? Um,
1: Probably. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. I don't think the items would change that much. Yeah, I think that as technology progresses, we, m- we may see different mechanisms, different materials. But generally, I think people still carry a knife, a pen, multi-tool, flashlight. Probably, yeah, just different versions or different iterations from those. Yeah, but um, I think it's easier to get your hands on quality products as things get cheaper to produce and as the manufacturers get more efficient with their stuff. And I think we'll see more, more quality stuff and even in the budget range.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for bearing with me with all of these questions. I Think we pretty much got thank through all of them. Thank you so much all, for having all me. Of them. No 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 worries and uh, we did for those of you watching, we did not pay Sam to uh display the uh the combo deck in the background. That was uh, <laughs> it's it's beloved it's beloved uh belovedly displayed behind him. So no. I appreciate that mate. I appreciate you uh you doing that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah, exactly. Um if people uh if people have any questions out of interest like and just maybe you want to follow up on anything you've said today are you good with them dropping you a message if so like what's the best place for them to do that
1: sure always always love a good chat um just dm me on instagram at raven the pirate with all underscores yeah and i usually get back on to every every single dm every comment at least i try to
0: yeah awesome thank you so much man we couldn't have done this podcast without without having you on so really appreciate your time really appreciate everything you do in the community and uh, i'm really excited to get this one out awesome thank you so much for having me man hey guys thanks so much for listening really means the world to us and if you would like to show us any extra support so we can keep this podcast going please follow subscribe and if you have any extra time leave us a review it really would mean the world to us thank you so much